everything from overlanding your stocking with full blown LS powered two buckies on stickies. This is the Total Off Road Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Kyle. I'm Andy. And I'm Trevor. And you're listening to episode 180 or something to that effect. Uh-huh. You're such a funny guy. <laughs> I did say to say that, so that's my you fault. Did. You said exactly those words. I have ruined the podcast already. Anyway, we're talking about our sea fest. Are we? Ideally. Well, we can sure try. It's the most off-roading that we've done in a while. Maybe except for Trevor. No, that was that was my most recent. I drove on grass, so that was off the road. There's and dirt on my RC car, so that's something. Exactly. I guess there's dirt on my military truck, so that's worth something. Yeah, our golf cart for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Best golf cart ever. Did uh did you get in any trouble for that driving the M thirty seven around? Was uh was Adam pissed or anything? No, no. At the end of the day, um as the the event was kind of wrapping up, I looked at him, his dad, and then a few other folks. I'm like, Well, I promised you guys a ride, so get in. <laughs> so we got in, drove the perimeter of the park, went up and down the street a little bit just to, you know, let him let him experience a little bit. It was a shame that he never got to drive in it. So wanted to make sure he at least had something before we left. Yeah. And it was all nice. Cute. So we got a nice cruise out on the town when we went for dinner uh, Saturday night. Sure did. All over uh, Tuscola. I got to drive it before, like, before the competition stuff started. I drove it around the street a little bit. It's an experience. All of the inputs to driving are kind of a suggestion, but it was fun to drive. I was curious about that. Like if it's just a, like driving any manual transmission, like obviously the granny low is like super like, what is it? Uh, putting you into another dimension ish. But, uh, but other than that, it's just like a normal stick, right? Uh, minus the one, two shift being non-synchronized. Oh, so the one, two, you have to be very careful or there's just no being careful and it's just going to buck and shake. Kyle showed me to just double clutch it. And that's what I did and what he was doing. So seemed to do the trick pretty well. If you do it right, it just kind of falls into gear. It does. There very well may be a better way to handle it, but I've found that that works very successfully. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Guess not. So Kyle, would you like to start off? Because you were the first one there on Friday. Friday night. Yeah, so I was hoping to get out of work early enough. And uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. And then between towing and the problem with that, I'll make this short. The problem with towing that military truck is that the canvas um, loves to flap in the wind because it was not designed to go 70 miles an hour, even if it is on a trailer. So usually at least once a trip, I got to pull over and retuck the lip uh, on the windshield back into place. So got down there. Unfortunately, I missed the meet and greet first time in three years. So did that kind of just walked out, was like, oh, geez, sorry, I missed it, guys. Talked to them for a minute. We looked at the truck and then headed off to the hotel. Uh, walked over to the McDonald's to grab myself a chocolate shake, which was delicious, I might add. Dinner of champions. Dinner of champions, a small chocolate shake and a small french fry. Elf. Elf? Did you just say Alf? Elf no, with an H. Elf. Yeah. Oh, yeah, health. so that's health. that's literally the first time I've had 
McDonald's in I think six months. I mean, the McDonald's is a stone's throw from the hotel, so can't yeah. blame either. Well, like, so I I didn't know if their um, lobby was open, and I had the truck and trailer. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to fit through the drive through. So I just kind of walked over to the window. I'm like, hey, will you guys let me order? And they were just straight up. Like, I could see them in the window. They were ignoring me because um, I think they thought I was a degenerate. Um, right. So I, I started walking around. I was just going to walk up to the window and say, look, I, I really don't want to try and get that thing through the drive through. Um, and someone was like, hey, the lobby's open. I'm like, oh, cool. Sounds good. And went and ordered my food. After you appear to be a degenerate. Right right yeah good doing degenerate things you know i don't know why ho- uh, hotels why restaurants are so against people walking up to the drive through window like who gives a shit like just i think it's because high schools do it and it's a safety risk what is the safety risk i i don't know people by moving cars i i guess i mean i, I don't know i will not try and justify the meat the ways of uh mcdonald's so <laughs> I just know that fast food restaurants in general, a lot of times won't serve people when they walk up and it's like, bro, the lobby's closed and they want a burger. What are they supposed to do? Calm down. I agree with that. Like you I'm jump in the drive through window. Towing all this trailer. Do you want me? You don't want me to do this. I promise. I will. But yeah, you don't me, want- and, me and Trevor's setups at the Sonic uh, when I went down to visit him for Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. Dude, we had 90% of the one side of the parking lot covered. I'm like, I feel bad for anybody else trying to park. Huh. Did you guys take, take trucks and trailers to Sonic and try to actually like order like from your vehicle? No, no we parked no. in the parking lot, though, and took up all of it. And yeah, I walked you up to the window. Yeah. Oh, well. That, that was rude. It was like, don't be an old man, Mike. That's like, funny. Very rude. <laughs> You you young teens are so rude. Hey, you kept up with us pretty well this weekend. Excuse you, kept up with who? You were trying to keep up with me, bitch. I was trying to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah, you had a head start, that's all. I did a pretty good job, I feel like. I think you did a pretty good job, too. You get an A for effort. Sweet. <laughs> okay, so I think we need to step back a little bit. The event that we were at this weekend was RC Fest. The Creators of Chaos, I think is what it's called. And yep. this is in Tuscola, Illinois, not to be confused with also RC Fest, thrown by Horizon Hobby, which is held in Monticello, Illinois, about a month apart from each other. Uh, the yeah, one that we were right. at is run by Adam Munns, and it the proceeds uh, are benefiting Impact Life uh, Blood Center. Nice. I yeah, think I covered also- most of that. Also, don't be confused because it used to be in the town of Tolono, and now it's in Tuscola, which confused me when I GPSed it on Saturday. Both little podunk towns that start with T in Illinois, so very easy to get them confused. Within like 20 minutes of each other, probably. Yeah, all, like all of it is very like, like when they went from one to the other, it's like, what happened? Where are we? The same place? No, different place. What? Especially because the GPS and I, I got lucky last year because I just happened to know where I was going. But last um, this year, you know, Trevor texted me. He's like, hey, this is this is trying to take me to a guy's house. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, just keep going past that. It'll it'll turn into a park. A bit. I was just driving and I called Kyle and I was like, this took me to somebody's house. And I'm sure it's not here. But I was <laughs> continuing to just kind of roll down the street in curiosity. And then I saw a massive American flag and was like, that 
probably has something to do with this. And you were right. Indeed. So RC Fest, Saturday morning, I beat Ming there, which I was kind of surprised about because Ming is a really timely fella. But I beat him there by about, I don't know, 20 minutes, just long enough to set up all the tables and chairs when he could show up and, you know, everything was done. So, you know, that it's was all cool. by design. Yep. So that was nice. We got it. We uh, we sponsor the event. If anybody listening doesn't know that uh, the Total Offered podcast sponsors it. And actually, Kyle, you sponsor it, too, individually, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I sponsor it as um, the drone videographer. Oh, got it. Kind of like I'm going to be doing at uh, the Complete Off-Road Experience. That's officially announced. So. You mean Cater Note. Cater Note. <laughs> you guys see yeah, that really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I pretty much just told him a while ago, I'm like, let me let me come down. I'll shoot you some cool video, you know, because it, it's hard in some of those courses, you know, especially like the soccer thing. You know, you can't exactly stand on top of these RC cards because you'll get your ankles taken out. Or depending yeah. on the competition, I mean, it'll break your leg. I mean, some of those RCs are every bit of 40 pounds. Definitely. And that's uh, something else that we should. <laughs> I don't know if we should even mention it, but some of the contests, because there's no there's no tech at RC Fest. This is a very like basher oriented event. And because of that, some of the events you'll see like a fifth scale truck playing tug of war with a 10th scale truck. And you're like, gosh, I wonder who's going to win this. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think that guy just had some super bad luck of the draw. <laughs> like the bracket race was just not in his favor and he made it way further than he was supposed to. Yeah, yeah. That was funny, though. We we're just like, what's happening? He brought a spoon to a gunfight and got further than he expected. A spoon. <laughs> not, not even, even a knife. He brought a spoon. A spork, actually. It's a good medium. There I we mean, go. I mean, if you're going to be in a fight, I feel like spoon of the three silverware pieces that are most commonly used, I feel like spoon is the worst, right? Because like fork, you could do some damage. Knife's definitely the best. But like a spoon, it's like, what are you going to do? Balance it on your nose to distract them? Yeah, then kick That's them in the nuts the wrong way. I was, was going to suggest a spoon to the eye. Oh, yeah, I guess you could pluck their eye out with it. That'd be good. But you could do that with a fork or a knife, too. That's yeah, so. probably more effective, too. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you could splash the water into the cup side and just spray it everywhere and piss them off. There you go. Yeah, you could flick things water with a spoon. You can use a spoon like a catapult better than you could use a fork or a knife. So I guess there's oh, that. True. Anyway, RC Fest. Yeah, yeah. RC Fest. Uh, so Saturday morning, me and Kyle got set up. Uh, I don't remember what the events were or the order probably should know that uh, Not that it really matters but uh oh i know the first one it was the dakar rally that's right and you um, entered that event. <laughs> i didn't realize what i was doing until it was too late <laughs> um so another thing about saturday morning is i was hearing a lot of people talk about uh the storms that rolled through friday night and apparently uh they had a lot of um camper campers yeah and tent campers on site um i had heard that a lot of the tent campers had their tents blown over on top of them while they were sleeping oh, uh, as well as some possible uh rude awakenings the next morning when uh, everybody came to set up early uh so yeah kind of sounds like it sucked for the tent campers that morning but yeah so i rolled in 
just a little bit after nine or nine thirty, maybe, uh, when most of the uh, events were about to start or the Dakar rally was about to start. Registration closed at nine thirty. Um, we went over to the opening ceremonies and listened to that for a little bit next to the monster truck display. Uh, shortly after that, it was the Dakar rally. If anyone who doesn't know what the Dakar rally is, it's a, I think it's, uh, forget what town it is. It's something to Paris, basically, uh, overseas, you know, it's a giant, like multi-thousand mile rally. Well, this is a miniature version of that, obviously with the mini RC cars. And it started at the entrance road. You went up over top of a hill, chasing your RC car the whole time. It was about one mile loop. It started off uh, with a decent hill climb, uh, freshly made track through this little wooded portion of a hill up over top then back down the other side and then take an immediate left and go back up the hill you just ran down and then take a right to go immediately back down the hill you just ran up twice. Following that, you run past the giant American flag, uh, rounding the corner next to the porta potties along a fence line and then running next to a creek row zigging zigging and zagging in between a bunch of trees uh eventually it's like a hundred yard dash just straight nothingness uh and then to a right turn and then you basically come around the two um trail courses or the crawlers in this little uh, another wooded section uh, finally, once you come around the entire wooded section of that is the finish line. So like I said, it was about a mile run. And when I had heard about the Dakar rally, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And I had heard them talking about the rules. And they're like, yeah, you like your time stops when both you and the car finish or cross the finish line. And I, I had had a number mistake. I had accidentally chosen number 24, but someone else did as well. So I was, uh, been put to number 31, which I was the last participant for that. Um, so I am the last person to go, but I finished, I passed three people and one of the guys wanted to give me a run for the run for the money because we were crossing the line at the same time in a dead sprint. And I actually stopped. I was really trying to run, win the running race because the whole time you're doing this Dakar rally, it's not how fast your RC can go. It's how fast you're running behind it, which a lot of people were like, oh, these skinny guys are just going to demolish us. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, RC cars can go way faster than people. So, yeah, I'll say my 30 mile an hour limited crawler uh, with a two speed uh, was definitely outpacing me. Some guys were running, you know, absolutely built monster like uh, slashes and, and, uh, a bunch of other just absolutely insanely fast cars. But, you know, it all depends about the pace that you're keeping yourself. Um, but yeah, the last probably 150 feet, me and this guy get into a sprinting race and then like our RCs are just full blast. We're sprinting behind them. And I accidentally for, or I just stopped steering it, my RC and, uh, I run my RC straight into the finish line pole and, uh, nice. I was like, that counts, right? Like my time's over. I'm exhausted. And they're like, yeah, you're good. I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) I don't know how I finished, but it was definitely interesting for the basically first thing I did in the morning was to run a mile. Um, And then I uh, waited for you guys to come over for the trail course. And 
catch I caught my breath for about 45 minutes probably while we were waiting for the uh 60 some trail course participants to go through. Dude, I think there were over 70. It was crazy. I know for sure on the trail course too there was 70 or maybe 80 even. There was a lot. Um but yeah, so after the Dakar rally was the trail course. So somebody else want to take it away? The trail course was pretty awesome. Every year that I've been to RC Fest, and I've been for I don't even know how many years, many years, uh, it's always been the best part of it as far as I'm concerned. Everybody loves RC crawling if you're into RC at all. And especially if you're listening to this podcast and you're into RC, you're probably into RC crawling, right? Because it's what we do. We go out and crawl rocks. So, of course, we're going to do it with one tenth scale stuff. And this year was no different. And not to mention, there were two trail courses this year, which I believe is a first. So uh, it right, was Kyle? the same. It was the same last year. Were there two trail courses last there year? There was two, but I will note that they massively stepped up their game this year. And Adam said that they spent a ton of time working on it. Man, was it fun? I mean, I know that some <laughs> people go to this event, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with going to an event and being very competitive. And if you competed in all the events and you placed, you had uh, the chance of winning Grand Champion, which I'm sure there was a trophy for. Personally, I'm just going to have fun. I don't play with my RCs near enough. And an event like this is just a good excuse to throw a bunch of trucks in the back of my pickup and just go enjoy the weekend with friends and play with RC cars like I'm a kid again. And the the way I, I was saying to somebody over the weekend... I, I don't really prepare for this. My RCs are always just kind of ready to go. There are people that are going to spend the next 11 months getting ready for this event. So it's it's not right for me to try and be more competitive than they are. Because like I said, I mean, they, they spend so much time getting ready for this event. So I'm happy to just show up and just, you know, drive my RCs. And like you said, I mean, the crawl course is just... We ended up going back there twice outside of the competition just to go run the course for the hell of it. Yeah, it was fun to play on. I, they had a good mix of different obstacles and, you know, built stuff versus just rock garden kind of obstacles to play on. It was cool. And they always make it challenging, which is nice. They don't, like, even for a very built competition crawler, like none of the, I shouldn't say none of the obstacles, some of the obstacles are damn near impossible, which is great because if they were all easy, it wouldn't be that fun, right? Yeah. I mean, it broke my RC and I've been competing that particular RC in an indoor comp course for over a year now. Yeah, and that, mean, that course what, broke it. What did you break, Kyle? Um, both of my rear leaf springs snapped right at uh, where they bolt. Uh, that makes sense. You do so, that on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. When we, we went back on Sunday to just go, you know, tote around in there. And I, when I first put those leaf springs in, the only leaf that's in there is the main eyelet because I wanted it to have a ton of flex. Well, the subsequent of result is that it uh, flexes like absolutely crazy. So I knew this day was going to come. Yeah. And so, so right, right where the holes are drilled in the leaf spring to bolt it, you know, it's the weakest point or least amount of metal on both sides at the exact same moment. They work hardened enough to the point where they literally just clean snapped. Yeah, I had that happen when I was complete competing with um with my hard body Toyota on leaf springs at the canyon. Um I replaced leaf springs after every comp on that because I was running just one leaf also. So doesn't somebody make like Delrin leaves or something for RC cars or something that's maybe more durable, more flexy, something what? like that? 
what would help both of us a lot is to have a better anti-wrap setup. I did I did that, and then when I built mine into a hard body Cherokee, it got a lot heavier, and I did that also kind of on purpose so I could run two leafs. So now mine has two leafs. It has the main leaf and then the next biggest one and an anti-wrap bar, and I haven't broken leaf spring since then, and I've, I did that like a year and a half ago. I, I don't play with that one as much because it looks pretty and don't want to break it, but but I haven't damaged it in the times I have taken it out since then. So I don't have an anti-wrap bar period on mine. It will help you a lot. And I, I know it should because, you know, obviously, yeah. Um, but I'm worried that I, I'm not going to be able to build it in a way that's not going to massively inhibit flex on it, which is what I'm trying to get out of it. I mean, why can't you build it just like a full-size truck one? Just put it real close to the pumpkin and like triangulate it in some way. It, it that's that's going to be the issue is triangulating it. Um, I'm going to revisit it at some point. The problem, I mean, this, like I said, this RC is not really supposed to go outside. It's just an indoor comp crawler. Um, and in a year and a half, I broke one set of leaf springs. It was $20 to order four more of them. So, and I'll probably put the overload in there to try and help protect where the bolts are. So if I got to spend 20 bucks every two years to keep this thing going, I'm not too upset about it. I guess it's no big deal as long as you have the spare parts with you and as long as they don't break at the perfect wrong time. Like when we're messing around in the woods and they break, it's like, oh, well, but if you're in the middle of a competition, you might be like, well, fuck. Yeah, it'll it'll turn into a DNF. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's. I- it's a it's something I'm going back and forth with on mine on what I want to do now. I'll I'll put the leafs back in as it is um, and then probably start researching some sort of anti wrap system because it does have the upper link mounts on it, you know, just because it's a plastic cast axle. So in, in theory, there are ways for me to put the link in there. It's just figuring out some sort of like shackle triangulation system so that it can still articulate. That's basically what I did on mine. I just used the stock upper leg mount and then just used one of the stock lower legs and a spare tackle for the leaf spring and mounted it to the side of the frame. Send me a picture sometime, if you would, of how yeah, you would see that photo also, just because I'm curious. Not that I have a leaf spring rig, but just will do. That would be wonderful. Well, the trail course, trail course one. Uh, we did, I think around 11 o'clock Saturday. Uh, I don't know how we did. Like, I don't know if any of us placed in that particular event, but regardless, that was pretty fun. Uh, then we ate lunch. There were some food trucks and what have you. Broken generators. Broken generators. Once we all, me, me, Ming and Trevor walked over to the food trucks. I was, uh, I was at the Mexican food truck and they were at the barbecue one and I was ordering my food. And all of a sudden I look over and both of these guys are elbow deep in a the blood trucks generator like cabin. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I almost forgot cool. about that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you want to explain that. that one? Because you were first on scene. They had some maintenance malfunctions and their oil filter wound up spinning off like three quarters of a turn and blew all the oil out. Um, and it's a Cummins Odin generator which i'm pretty familiar with from doing custom trailer stuff so so i was looking at it and Cummins has changed their website partially and i no longer have the logins for their website but i was trying to find their user manual so i could uh get the code 
because inside the control panel will flash an error code at you. The outside one doesn't. But basically what it comes down to is the best we could figure out was with no oil in it, they locked up the motor. So we looked at that with them for a little while and just kind of determined that. Big oopsies. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know what they did for the rest of the day. and They might have just suffered without air conditioning. I'm pretty sure that's what it was because I think that was all that that was needed for. I think all the refrigeration was run on batteries. Which, oh, thanks God, can you yeah. can you imagine that entire event and they lose all that blood because the oil filter was loose and the refrigerators all cooled off or warmed up? Yeah, that would be not That'd ideal. Be horrific. <laughs> yeah, they would have to, like, book it out of there if that was the case, that the fridges were starting to get warm or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure if that happened, they would have left as soon as that became an issue. But but they were there for the rest of the day, right? I think so. I don't remember seeing them leave. I don't remember seeing them leave. Unfortunately, I can't donate blood, so uh, I wasn't paying attention to what they were doing. (laughs) I can donate blood, but I didn't. I was busy. Isn't that busy? A terrible person. Eh, I mean, I was in the same boat because I all all day long I was busy doing stuff and I kind of didn't set aside time to do it. I'm like, I could have. But yeah, I just kind of escaped me. Hey, I have a completely unrelated question. Can you can you donate blood while you're in the process of drinking beer? It's completely unrelated to Earthy Fest. I'm just curious. Like if you're like drunk, can you like like stumble into the blood bank? Like, yeah, I can take my blood. I don't think so, because doesn't it become thinner or something? Would you does it just make it easier for them to take it though? I don't know. But I was going to ask a similar unrelated question. (laughs) (laughs) Just yeah, it's just unrelated, you know. Whatever. So they they say it is essential to avoid alcohol before and after donating, as this may affect hydration levels and delay recovery. Then it goes on to say one should avoid alcohol at least 24 to 48 hours before donating blood. Oh, well, wow, yeah. So I'm never going to get to donate blood ever. <laughs> it's never been days. 24 um, hours since I've had a beer. <laughs> with less blood in you, though, less is more when it comes to the alcohol. So if you want to drink buds, go donate blood while you're sober and then go drink afterwards. And you'll I get just found one Miller Light and I'm hammered. Yeah. Probably. Uno latte and you're done. Uno latte. No thanks. <laughs> Bush light is is just too. I don't know. It's it's fine. It's it's what all you young people want to drink. So I'll drink it if that's what's in the cooler. But meh. That's right. I said meh. Well, I'm not gonna argue that point with you because you have a nice that say. <laughs> <laughs> So also in RC Fest, there was more competitions, one of being the uh, trail comps and that stuff. But there was also an RC boat. Like, so can I can I give a little backstory to that? Sure. Nah, I, I don't want to talk way. about boats. I only want to talk about RC cars. Let's just skip that part entirely. Nothing <laughs> 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 really relevant went on in the boat discussion. Nothing relevant at all happened in the lake. Um, so, so this, <laughs> this is the RC boats and <laughs> race weddings and hookers. Sure. Um, so last year was the first year at the venue that they're currently at now. 
Um, and there really was no boat thing. And, you know, there's this massive lake right in the middle that, you know, is perfectly flat the entire weekend we're there. So Saturday night, a bunch of people happened to have noticed that there was a lake when they looked it up on Google Maps. And so um, they. Sorry about that, Trevor. Hope we all good. I think so. Trevor, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. What happened? I, oh, you, <laughs> I, somehow, disconnected. I somehow on accident was trying to like scroll down and I moved you to a different room, which I didn't even know I could do. Oh, I, was I just like selected you and pulled you away. I was like, I'm oh, sick yeah, of you. you have bullying privileges. I didn't know I had bullying privileges. So <laughs> I went sorry. from my porch to my garage and I had no idea what happened. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting at home and just is in another room instantly because I can drag him with my mouse. <laughs> I'm not taking any of this out. It's like good to know for future, for future uh, disgruntled people. Just throw them in another room. Banished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that that was even a thing. So anyway, please yeah, continue. Anyway. So the, um, so we, at the end of the day, when everything was winding down, everybody just pulled out their boats and started like doing laps in the water, having a good time, whatever. And so, um, I pulled out the drone and we were taking just these absolutely beautiful videos like of these boats. You know, they they had them just on planes, so they looked scale accurate. Um, the wa- the sun was reflecting off the water and it was it was incredible. Um, so I had sent all of that to Adam and that's where a lot of the promotional stuff came from because we were just messing around. And so he was like, we are definitely doing a boat competition um, so they got a bunch of tugs that had a little like fork on the front for recovering flipped rigs. Cause when we attempted to recover one last year, it took an hour and a half to drag a boat in because we had no way to get out there. And the only thing we had was RC boats with a V hull on it. That wasn't capable of pushing a flipped rig over. Not ideal. Yeah. So anyway, Trevor, if you want to go ahead and continue, I figured I'd give a little story behind that. So I did. I knew that this was like the first year of boat racing, but I didn't know how it came about. So that's kind of cool. Um, so until we were there, I didn't know that there was boat racing. I think last, last podcast when me and Kyle were talking about, about this event on the Patreon, um, he mentioned there being boat stuff. And so I wound up bringing mine for whatever the boat stuff was going to be. And it turned out to be a, head-to-head knockout racing series and uh so we did that i had just bought a pair of batteries from a vendor that was in the booth next to us uh like an hour and a half or so prior and they were just charged and so i walked over and i entered and signed up after the event had kind of started already and i got on there and won the first one and won the next one and won the next one and won the next one and I think the one after that was the semifinal and I won that and then won into the final and I won that one too so I won the whole event for that and won a medal which was pretty cool because I hadn't driven my boat in like a year and a half or two years something like that. You couldn't tell because with how smooth Trevor was on the whole course there were guys with more expensive boats and less expensive boats, but Kyle or Trevor looked so smooth compared to basically everyone else on course. Not only more smooth, but also you were the only person that was like actually aiming. It was a, the course is a triangle. Basically, there were three buoys yeah. and you had to do two laps and everyone else was like driving to the center and this doing this weird like Z zigzag to try to get back. And we're like, what is everyone doing? 
And then when Trevor did it, he just like went directly where he was supposed to. And we're like, why are you the only person that knows how to steer a boat? <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Like, that's, that's a pretty accurate description. Um, so now the I championship have, guy gave you a run for your money. Oh, oh my yeah. God. So, so I have a pro boat impulse 32 on success, which is a pretty wicked boat. Um, in stupid it's not, terms, it's fast. Yeah, it's it's, it's interstate rowdy. speeds fast. Yes. Yeah, the, the fastest I've had on a GPS was 72. Um, and I think the way I had it set up while we were racing, it was probably somewhere in the mid 50s. Um, it was set up to have more like grip essentially in the water that the turn fins were turned down more. The trim tabs were set up more so it would sit lower in the water and have be more controllable. So I have a pretty good boat, but it's not like I brought like the craziest boat there. Like it I mean, was, what was that? What was that one guy running? Wasn't it like 24 volt or he, 24 cell or some shit like that? The guy that I yeah. faced in the final was running two motors, two speed controls, and each one was on 12 S. Each one was on 12S. Yes. So he had four times the price. And to put it into perspective, how big this other boat was, it was a catamaran. So, like two hulls. And also, if Trevor's is a one tenth scale boat, this was a one sixth easily. It was probably a foot and a half longer than Trevor's. I mean, it left wake. Like, it wasn't just a ripple, that thing left wake. My boat's hull overall is 32 inches long, and I think his was 50 or 52. It was um, the size of a John boat. Basically. <laughs> so I mean, so after, just like, like, after like the first two or three races, I was like feeling pretty confident just being smooth and being fast. And uh, and I saw his boat sitting out, and I, I don't remember who I told. I think it was Mike and, and Andy. I was like, I'm going to face that guy in the finals. And I'm going to lose, and I'm okay with it, because that's a hell of a boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wound up facing him in the finals, and I was nervous. Um, I got out, out of the hole, like, I don't know, four feet in front of him around the first turn. And it was pretty much just kind of game over after that. I was out in front. Um he said that he was having an issue because he ran over a boat that he raced before and bent one of his props, so it was driving it right the whole time. Um, I don't, I didn't see it, but once I got out into that the straightaway between turn one and two, I was way out in front of him, and I was into the straight between turn two and three, and I was watching his boat just fucking haul that thing had to be going like 80 or 90 miles an hour down that street it was so fast he was definitely trying to make up some ground but yeah he struggled through the first corner and then like just you and your consistent nice smooth corners and speed it was like okay trevor's walking a right way and then you just look back to him and he's just full-on dead sprint yeah 80 mile an hour easily he tries he whips to the next corner and just is just running down trevor at this point and I, I was talking to Trevor about it early on because, like I said, you know, I, I was I was chasing the boats with the drone for the whole thing and I was watching them. And it's like, you know, these people have boats that would go, you know, twice as fast as Trevor's could. But the problem is they'd go so fast that they'd start losing control and they'd either undershoot 
or overshoot the turn and then spin out and then have to reorient themselves to go fast again. So mm-hmm. the, the idea um, was just, you know, slow and steady wins the race. And, you know, Trevor never spun out. He never like went crooked. He didn't get, you know, knocked up by the wake or anything like that. You know, it was just clean passes. Yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. take any of your corners dirty at all. You were just like very meticulous through them. And I think that's really what what won you the race. Mm-hmm. I also, hey, man, throw yeah. the championship race up on the uh, page, total off page. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you have the drone footage of that, we would love to see it. Everybody would love to see it. Yeah. Let me see if this is uh, Trevor, the one that I sent you, that was the championship one, right? That's what I thought. And it feels super cocky saying it. But the first couple times that I watched it, I wasn't sure if that was race footage or not until I saw that the tugboat was out because the whole video, I never saw the other guy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it sounds cocky when you say it that way. <laughs> I'm um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get with Adam, um, and get all of my. So he 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 basically gives me an SD card. I record everything, and then at the end of the weekend, I give him the card back. Um, because it's very difficult to transfer these files. Um, oh yeah, remotely. But now now that I have my own virtual uh, cloud storage, um, it's gonna make things a lot easier. So I, I told him, you know, wrap up RC Fest, get your videos out, and then we'll talk about it. So I'm going to get the video. I'll message him right now about it, actually. Start getting all the footage from him, and then uh, I'll get it up on the page. Yeah, I'd like to see the other some of the other boat racing stuff, because that was a lot of fun. Um, I did actually post the what wound up being the championship race on the TOP page. Um, oh, yeah. Um, did uh, you? I've, yeah, yes, I, 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 made a, I made a post on my personal Facebook and then I just shared it to the group. Um, so I, mean, it's there I, awesome. it. I forgot that so was that, a whole like four days ago. So that 35 second clip, Trevor, I sent you, you think that's the championship race? I think so, because I don't because that's that's the only video I, I like. I grabbed it off of the SD card and saved it to my phone. That way you'd have something. I'm I'm really not sure it was either the. The semifinal or the final, and I think it was the semi. That would make more sense to me. I agree because I'm pretty sure that for the because in in this video I was late getting you know recording. I didn't see you guys off the line, and I'm almost confident that I didn't do that on the on the final run. Because I when I finished that one, I just turned and looped around the inside of the course back to the start line. And I'm pretty sure I was doing it to go back to the start line to immediately do the championship race. Right. So, I don't know. But if you want to see a video of my boat, there's one out there. That's true. I'm um, looking at it right now. I just watched it while you guys were talking about it. The, uh, I thought it was cool in that video how you could see when I'm coming out of turn two, you could see the boat jumping because you can see the wake drop out. Or not the wake, the the rooster tail cut out for a couple little milliseconds there as as the boat comes up out of the water. But I had in the final when I was watching my opponent then with that that badass catamaran coming up, that was the first race that I was like one hundred percent full throttle committed because I was like, if he can make these turns he's gonna catch me that thing absolutely has me in the straight no question about it for sure definitely um but i think that 
he wound up hitting the second buoy and flipping it. So I just cruised through the rest of the race and finished it. Um, but that's the other reason why I don't think that was the final is because I made a whole other lap and didn't see his boat anywhere in the water. And that was a big boat, so we would have seen it. It didn't sink, it just flipped over. Yeah, maybe. We'll have to find it. Either but way. That was a lot of fun. That was yeah, it uh looked like a lot of fun for sure. It was one of the most adrenaline-inducing RC events I've ever done. Um, after watching that one video, and it's 35 seconds long of basically the whole race, I was I was telling Kyle afterwards, I'm like, I can't believe that was only 35 seconds. Like, standing there on the dock racing, that felt like minutes. Like, it was just so much focus and concentration on driving clean and not hitting buoys and not being too fast, but being fast enough and it was awesome. It was a ton of fun. I can hear the I hear I can hear you reliving your excitement as you're t- retelling the story. <laughs> yeah, it it makes me really want to look into seeing if there's more of that around where I live. I mean, I can't imagine there's not. I'm sure Dude, RC racing is not that popular. Mhm. Just saying. Well, Especially Trevor, time to race. time to organize it. Yeah, it could be fun. It was so popular back in the day, but I just feel like RC racing in general has gone by the wayside once video games becoming so realistic and readily available. Yeah, I could see that. I used to race short course trucks back when I was a younger person. You're um, still a younger person. That's that's why I said it like that. I'm still young. <laughs> I was younger back then. Held up to my back pain. Right. (laughs) That was like middle school era. Um, There was a track that was by my dad's house that he would just take me to and drop me off and be like, well, we'll see if we'll see when it's done. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just hang out there. It was funny that. I had a two-wheel drive slash that I had just put a brushless system in, and uh, it wasn't like brand new technology at that point, but it was still not super mainstream. And uh, the guy, it was the first time that I had been there, and all the guys are telling me like, "Yeah, you're running a two-wheel drive slash. Like, when you get to the big jump in the back, you just gotta floor it as soon as you get out of that that turn so that you clear it." It was essentially like six um 55 gallon barrels like stacked in a triangle like three on the bottom two and one and then dirt formed over the top of it and with a stock two-wheel drive slash you would just kind of go up one side and just come down the other well i had i hit it with 3s and my brushless system in there and i did what they told me and punched it as soon as i got out of that turn and i cleared the whole ramp cleared the entire straightaway and cleared the turn and landed in the grass on the outside <laughs> of the track. And I'm everybody sorry. just stopped what they were doing and looked at me and were like, what in the hell did you just do? I'm surprised you had enough traction for that. I, yeah, uh, I was running, uh, I'm pretty sure at that track I was running J Concepts wishbone tires, which just hooked up so good there, but it would burn through a set every day I went there. So I had to wow. have a lot of spears. Did you say that was a clay track? 
Yeah, it was it was clay, but it was outside, so it wasn't like super moist like a in indoor clay track is. They have so much traction. I it's well, the, nuts how much the, traction the clay track has. The first time I went hmm. to a clay track, I was not expecting it, and I I actually did the same thing. I went off the jump, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna give her to get over." It hooked up, and I went so hard that I slammed into the drop ceiling tiles and came oh back my God. down. <laughs> Because I, I had no idea the kind of traction you could get in there. And oh, yeah. uh, so then I went and bought slicks, um, you know, put a little bit of simple green on them to soften them up. And uh-huh. there was so much that as I wore out the tires, they were ripping as I'd go to accelerate like that. Yeah. That's how much Mike uh, um, traction you can get in these places. I had no idea. That's insane. And yeah, with very I'll, little I'll work, too. Up. Like all I did was buy tires. Wow. A, a well set up clay track has more grip than cement does, and that was that was this place on on a race day. They would prep the track right, and if you had your tires set right, you could you could punch it hard enough off the line to break axles and do wheelies pretty easily. If there was a lot of grip there, that's insane. Whenever I think about two wheel drive short course or two wheel drive stadium truck, I'm like, that's just like feathering the throttle to make it through corners without spinning out. But that's all I ever yeah. had was just like loose dirt tracks where I, where I went to, to an actual track was dirt and like my backyard track was also dirt. And so it was very just like, okay, okay, easy, easy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When that place was dry, like since I was a member of the track or whatever, um, I could use it on weekends that weren't race events or just kind of go by and I would, but if you just went by, it meant that the track wasn't going to be prepped. So then it was just dusty, and there was zero traction to be had when the track was dusty. But it was a lot of fun. Yep. Still. Be a good day for a four-wheel drive truck. Oh yeah. The only thing I've learned with that is that um, if you do a four-wheel drive, it's a lot harder to articulate it on the jumps. Really. Yeah, because you you know, like how if you're starting to like nose up or nose down, you can hit the throttle or hit the brake, and the gyroscopic force will like either pick up or drop down the nose. Uh With an all-wheel drive, it's a lot harder to do. I disagree. I've always found it be much easier, especially racing A-scale buggies. You can whip those things in the air just using steering and throttle. Yeah, I would say that I agree with Trevor. I thought that my four-wheel drives were way easier to do like backflips and frontflips with because you had more centrifugal force with the extra two wheels spinning. But it's not on... So my what I've noticed is that it's not on a pivot. Like if you think the pivot of the gyroscopic forces um, on a two-wheel drive, it's the one tire where if it's both tires, it's the entire like bottom plane of the RC. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not basing... But Sorry, I just I could kind of see that, but I just picture going into big air jumps with my two wheel drive trucks versus with a scale buggies or with four wheel drive short course trucks and having to cut the entire front of the body out of a two wheel drive to keep it from landing on the rear bumper versus having a full body on my four wheel drive truck because I just hit the brakes in the air and the front end comes back down. Hmm. I I never had I had the same issues with parachuting the four-wheel drive trucks with the body, but because I had so much more control with the throttle and steering with the four-wheel drive, I didn't have to cut the whole body apart to keep it controllable, where the two-wheel drive, it had no structure left in it from how much was cut so that it would still respond to throttle inputs in the air. 
Short course trucks are a whole nother story though, because like you said, you have the parachute effect, whereas an eight scale buggy, you don't really have any of that. No, and with those, you do any input that you give those wheels, it's gonna make a big effect on on how they fly. Absolutely. So back to our sea fest. Yeah, I suppose. Thanks for keeping us in line there, Andy. <laughs> after so, the uh after the after our race. Big winner over here. Yeah. There's uh, trail course two. Is that yep. right? Is that the next thing yep. that happened? Yep. Trail yeah, which I believe there was between 70 and 80 participants. I, I believe the second one had even more than the first. Good grief. Yeah, it was a lot. There were a once, lot of people out there. Once we went through it, I I was... Mm, well, so we kept the same numbers on the from the first one as we did the second. And we were number 40-something. Um, I was 46. Yeah. So, yeah, we were all in the kind of same group of 10 or so. Um, once I started, I got all the way back through, and there were still three people waiting to go. And the course took a, cu- a good couple minutes, and they were staggering us, you know, a minute apiece. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it took a long time. There was a lot of people. It's uh, a popular event. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. The, the crawler, the crawler courses seemed to be the, the biggest. Or at least on Saturday when I was there, seemed to be the biggest attraction. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. Man, was that fun! They did say that other than the like non biodegradable parts of the course, like the um, the plastic, you know, the guide markers and everything, they said it's pretty much going to stay up year round. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Well, that's cool. Even the yeah. thing through the tree. I believe he was saying that, you know, the stuff going up and down the tree, yeah, is going to stay there. Oh, that's cool. Because, I mean, it's not like it's hindering it's... the ability to enjoy the area. You know, you're going to walk in and say, oh, look at that. And then you'll just, you know, keep going. And mm-hmm. the people who don't know what it is, they're going to wonder what it is. And maybe they'll find a new hobby they like. There yeah. you go. Yeah, and it's, such a, it's in such an obscure area. I feel like if you're going back there, you're either poking or smoking. Right. <laughs> what, a good, what a good quote. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, so I mean it which is kind of cool. You know, I don't know how often I'll find myself down there other than RC Fest, but the fact that it is staying down there is pretty cool. I thought that was a pretty cool thing that he was gonna leave the one that was in uh Tolono also. I mean it was much smaller, but it was still a really good course. Oh, and that one's it, still there? I as far as I knew, it was going to be a year round thing and you could join a local club and just be part of it and like just go whenever and use it. The, but, uh, the very long story short is that there was a disagreement with the village trustees and that's one of the reasons it moved. Oh, darn. Which I believe that's all public knowledge, you know, because it w- was done at a public forum. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, that's pretty much what initiated this. And I guess the new trustees in this town and like everyone involved is like super on board with all this. So it sounds like in the in the long run, it was for the better. Well, well good. good. I sure do enjoy the nightlife in Tuscola. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Even if um, we were in the nightlife in Tuscola. Oh, we were something. <sighs> that was fun. Uh, How long have we, we been recording this thing for, Mingo? Uh, we have not reached an hour. We okay, started. We're doing good. I will say one other 
comment that I had about it was Kyle was talking about how there's a lot of people who will spend like 11 months out of the year prior to this event getting ready for it. Um, I am not one of those people. I I do play with my RC crawlers pretty often. There's a lot of really good places around me to use them and go for a hike and take it with. But it has really inspired some interest in me to build a 2.2 rig after seeing how Indy and Mike is yours a 2.2. It is. Mine is the OG rock crawler. It's the 2005 AX10 Scorpion. That's that's what I thought. And seeing how your guys' tires get over that style of obstacle makes me want to build something that does that better. Like some like a big dumb mud truck, basically. Um, I've always wanted an axial wraith. And I think that that event is a good reason to buy and build one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Also, you guys, uh, anyone listening, you don't have to feel intimidated if you have a very stock RC, because whereas all these guys have many, many RCs, mostly built, all of them, uh, I came there with a mostly stock, or basically 99% stock, uh, Traxxas TRX4. Uh, the, the, crowning the crowning part on that i guess would be selectable lockers for it um but it's 90 percent stock the only thing that i've done to it was a aftermarket uh link brackets that go onto the axles um the only reason i did that is because i noticed i had broke one from the complete off-road open house other than that uh yeah that was the only other time i had wheeled this rig i bought it new before the open house wheeled it broke it brought it back didn't realize i broke it put yeah two aftermarket parts on it and then came down and did this and not wasn't necessarily uh competitive with everyone especially in uh you know i was trying to just kind of have fun with it and i I did that's what i was there for was uh just having fun with everybody and and more you know seeing you guys because i don't really see you all that many times out of the year yeah, you I definitely would. can just come there and run run whatever. It doesn't matter whether it's a ready to run or a fully built rig. The whole point of the event is just to have fun and, you know, hopefully get some blood donated, raise awareness, stuff like that. It's a, it's not super competitive. It's only as competitive as you want it to be. Nobody's going to shame you for bringing whatever you want. Yeah, there might have been a handful or two of people in the crawler course who were, who were upset that the, there was stoppages, you know, with people just being hung up on obstacles and stuff, but... Yeah, it's it's very, very laid back, very non-competitive. Uh, even there was a lot of there was a little uh, like five by eight trailer that somebody could that someone made a full like one twenty fourth scale crawler pit, basically, uh, which is really cool. So even like there's a lot of kids using that during the day. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, I did. that was cool. But yeah, there's kind of um, something for everybody. And even even if you don't bring an RC, there's there's a lot of stuff to watch all day long if you're into it. So. I would like to add to the vehicle discussion. Um, the the rig that I brought to do the trail course with was the Axial SCX 10.3 Gladiator. And the only thing that's been done to it is putting smaller tires on it. So um, it would have probably been beneficial for those that style of obstacle to have left the stock larger tires on it. That truck comes with a 4.75 inch tire. And I had put uh, Proline AM3s on it that are a 4.19 inch tire on it. Because around me, being lower is better. Uh, but out there on rocks and 
free obstacles, uh, bigger tires would definitely be more better. So, Mold so you could definitely do it in stock vehicles for sure. Um, there's a, a lot of fun to be had out there, and there's also a lot of people there who who don't know much about the hobby who just heard about it and came by to come see. Uh, we had a assuming a family of grandparents and grandkids come by and they were checking out our stuff at our booth and asking all kinds of questions about stuff and I was happy to talk to them and then we brought my vote back out and showed them because they just couldn't believe that RC things could go that fast so we had fun yeah, there were some videos with the drone of them and of us driving around and it was cool and Mike and Andy drove my boat for a few minutes on that one and it was a good time. Yeah, they were they were some locals. Uh the grandparents I think just took the kid to the park and all of a sudden stumbled across the whole RC fest with, you know, a couple hundred people there and crazy built RCs like they just dove into headfirst into this giant hobby that they didn't even know really existed. And all of yeah. a sudden they they ran into us and we just started talking with them and you know explaining things and then all and then yeah Trevor had already wanted to go back in the water with his boat and kind of kill the batteries and then uh you know, we were like, yeah, this is a perfect excuse. Let's go, let's go back out to the water. And he, uh, yeah, we all went down to the dock and showed him and, and conversed with him for quite a while, honestly. It was a lot of fun. And hopefully mm-hmm. some, some newcomers to the hobby came out of it. <laughs> Mike, well, do you uh, want to bring up uh, day two at all? Like up until you that. took off? Oh, man, day two. Uh, there was an ex-podcast host there. That I was, was about to say that. <laughs> I can't remember his name I, for the life of me. I I haven't seen him in so long, but he, he used to be on the like, podcast. I don't know, like three letters in his name or something like that. Yeah, I think I had three. I think his first name had three letters, but I can't remember which one of the ex podcasts. He goes by Mister Sour Patch Kid, Ion, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, Ion. I think that's right. Ion, because Ian yeah. is the guy who builds off road rigs on the TV, right? Yeah, that's that's that guy. Can't be that guy. <laughs> He didn't have the hair for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, actually, right as I was about to leave, because I had a, a sick kid at home and I really needed to buzz out of there in the afternoon, as, right as I was about to leave, I look off in the distance and a familiar face is walking up. And I'm like, that can't. No, that can't be. That's not real. I took a photo and put it in the, the Troll Riders page from far away so people would have to like zoom in to tell who it was. But yeah, Ian showed up. Ian and his wife, Catherine. I hope they had fun. I literally had to leave like right when they got there. So I don't know. Kyle, did you let him drive one of your crawlers? Um, we actually never got around to it. They oh, were no. kind of, I think they were just content hanging out, checking out the attractions. Um, we went back and watched the tug of war thing. Um Yeah, they did. Let's see, what all was at that point in the day? So there was tug of war. Oh, I know. I have and the events it, if you'd like me to read them. Uh, I was tug of war and then tough truck, right? And then freestyle. Oh, so yeah, it was tough truck. Yeah. It was soccer and then speed boat speed runs, then tug of war, tough truck, freestyle, and then the raffle and awards. Yeah. So they did the tug of war thing and it was cool to watch. You know, I wasn't really a part of it. Um, at the end, there were two gas rigs that were going at it and the they were both so friggin' heavy 
they were in perfect stalemate and one of the clutches almost like welded itself to the plates just from trying to get moving like the one guy <laughs> gave up because he felt that coming and he was actually able to save it before he completely obliterated it and was still able to race in the freestyle competition but uh so they they did all of that you know they they did the competition and the tough truck course there really wasn't much insight on what it was to the point where they had actually covered the entire thing with a tarp and said I think no that may have been for the rain friday as well though so it was for, for the sure. rain but they also didn't want anybody to know oh, okay what what was underneath it um so that you know no one because it was kind of tucked away so you could totally go back there and practice and you know try and get some insider secrets on it so i i'm actually rather glad that they did that because of what transpired um so we were just kind of looking at it uh we went back over to the army military truck to just um you know hang out do whatever get out of the sun and so they started and we walked back over there and Basically, it was this elevated obstacle course that was very difficult. I mean, they they made a really nice course. Mike, it's a shame you didn't get the opportunity to try it or Trevor or I guess Andy. It was a shame that none of you got to try it because it was seriously difficult. Um, if you fell off of the course or if you had to back up wherever you were in the lineage of the course, you got a flag put on the ground. Well, the very first thing you had to do to get on the course was go up a 45 degree angle and then go on a like basically pedestal. And that's what started the whole thing. So everybody was trying to get up this and like, I don't know what happened, but nobody could get up this first thing. They, they were, they were striking. You guys can still hear me, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, so they, they kept just like flipping over and like the six by sixes couldn't do it. Nobody was able to do it. And there were, it was like 20 people at this point that it all failed. There was a ton of flags, like literally at the entrance to this thing. And I was looking at it and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I could do this better. And I'm standing there and you know, one person got up and then they fell over and it was irritating me. Cause like I knew I could do more. So I looked at Ian, I looked at Catherine and then I looked at Adam and I'm like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get my RC and do this better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So we, we jumped in the, the military truck, drove back over, got some food, bought some raffle tickets, you know, just screwing around. Basically, I finally got my, my Cherokee, like my OG 10 Cherokee crawlers, my first RC. It's been my tried and true ever since. Um, and so we finally just jump back in the truck, just kind of towed our way over. And as we're getting out, I hear Adam go, is there anybody else that wants to race? And from a distance, I'm like, yep. Like, yep. Count me in. That sounds good. And so I I'm the second to last person on the course. I go up and I quadruple the length that anybody else was capable of going. Holy <laughs> like shit. They, they had this uh, Ferris wheel basically that you had to drive on and you could hold it with your hands to rotate it. But then the platform you were driving on was also on a swivel. So it, it, it involved three hands to do it. And I happen to have experience, you know, crawling with one hand. So I was doing these like micro adjustments with the steering and the throttle and operating this Ferris wheel all at once. 
And as, as Ian said it, I called my shot, showed up and knocked it out of the park. (laughs) And so there was one other person that went after me and unfortunately they weren't able to get very far either. So I, I accidentally won the tough truck competition. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And XJ on top. Yep. And XJ won it. And I, you know, the, the second day I wasn't in the TOP shirt because the, the one I brought for Saturday was sweaty. Um, so everybody was kind of just standing and watching and, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything, but they were like, wow, this is really impressive. And Adam turns around and goes, yeah, you know, he's one of the TOP guys. He uh, comp crawls, you know, just singing my praises, which was super cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I ended up winning. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Do you have any pictures of that course? So Catherine actually recorded the entire thing. Um, The unfortunate thing, like I was saying earlier, the video is three and a half. It took me three and a half minutes to go 10 feet. Wow. Um, Wow. We're having difficulty getting me the video. Um, I'm actually going to message her again right now and see if she's made any headway on that. Um, So as soon as I get it, I'll post it in the group chat. so no one even made it to the mud, like the mud pit section of that. Nobody course? even came close. Like, okay. yeah, I, I wish I had a photo to show you the technicality of this. I don't know if Adams posted anything in regards to like the individual courses. I'm saying but- basically the tough truck. I, I didn't see the obstacle under the tarp, but the only thing you could tell was it's basically like a big U. And the the obstacle that uh, Kyle's explaining that is really hard to get up on is like the first part of the U. It's a straight. And then it just at the bottom of it, when you go past it, would be like a little log section. And then the up, the other straight parse portion of the U would be just a mud pit, basically, with a lot of like hidden obstacles that were intended to be put underwater. Uh, but it sounds like no one even made it, you know, a quarter of the way through the obstacle course. Yeah, they it was kind of funny. They were talking about it at the end and they're like, I think we're going to make this a little bit easier for next year so people can get further. But I mean, honestly, it's called Tough Truck. You know, they could put the identical course out next year with everybody being able to prepare for it. And I guarantee you people still wouldn't even get halfway through it. Well, then it would just be a time based event, which is what I'm sure they were expecting to do as well. I didn't think right. that they would. And they yeah. they were they were taking times, you know, counting it. Mm-hmm. And that that creates a lot of undone pressure for people because mm-hmm. they they hear go and they immediately, you know, start. And I'm sure Trevor would agree with this when he was racing. I mean, all of a sudden you get tunnel visioned. And I had oh, accepted yeah. the I had accepted the fact at this point that I'm either going to get further than everyone else or I'm not. So there is no reason to fret over the time. Just drive the course if it takes me an hour and a half to go three feet nobody else was able to go three feet and by default i win this is the one time you're above average kyle i'm proud of you hey. you know it's it's good to be on this side of the curve i'm, I'm <laughs> glad to be here and just like you said i think last year the year before you're like oh, i never win anything well you finally won something buddy uh, two things as far two as i'm things. concerned that's right oh yeah Which i won. think he i think he fudged my tickets and just stole something of so mine, as, as god is my witness <laughs> i was genuinely waiting to hear your guys's names and ian and Catherine were there as well so if i'd be lying they would know about it um you paid ni- them off neither of your guys's names were called and i don't know how that happened because my name was called twice and Catherine's name was called twice. 
Dude, Catherine yeah. always won. I'll say she shit. won last time too. She won yeah, a freaking I... red cat crawler last year, I think. Oh my god. Maybe it was the year before. But yeah, way, so yeah. I I went up to uh I, I was just like packing stuff up because you know I had a three hour drive to go home, and at this point it was like seven o'clock. Um so I'm I'm just kind of packing stuff up, and all of a sudden, all I wrote on my card was mango, because everybody knew me there as mango. And all of a sudden I just hear mango, and I'm like, what? They're like, you won. I'm like, what? So I I ran over there and they had uh, a little K5 Blazer 24th scale RC that has a two-speed transmission and toggleable headlights. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm which I was I was like, heck yeah, you know, I I'll totally take a 24th scale and I pull it out of the box and it was like scale realism to the point where the back uh cap is actually removable and reveals a pickup like a full drop bed inside oh, of that's it. sick that's awesome so it's it's pretty scale i'm i'm pretty stoked about it and uh crawler canyon does like has a whole second 24th scale like competition so i'm gonna run it in box stock and uh and just drive the hell out of it sounds like yeah, fun. yeah. the 24th scale stuff i I tried to get into when I broke my leg and I was like, well, an SCX 24 can crawl around like in my room and it'll be fun. And up your and leg. I, yeah. And I, I never really got that into it. I think the 10th and 6th scale stuff just drives better, but, but I did get to try it a little bit at the Canyon and it was actually pretty fun there. They're yeah, so I, bouncy. It, they are it is. Bouncy. It is so adorably bouncy. I'm going to try putting a little bit of, I don't think there's any fluid in the shocks because it's bouncing like it's literally just a spring. Dude, if they made yeah, little shocks I, for those, if you could somehow bleed them, I feel like that would change the game. I put um, uh, red and tacky grease in the pistons on mine because it wasn't like capable of running oil. But if you just had grease in there to slow down the shock rod moving into the body, it, it made a pretty big difference on it. Nice. There you go. And then Perfect. I added brass to it and some other stuff and tried to make it heavier and was like, I don't love playing with this, so I sold it. <laughs> I sold it to one of my other friends. It's his first RC crawler, and he loves it, so I'm glad that he enjoys it. Hey, that's perfect. So, yeah, I, I think that's every... You know, I, as always, we're missing so many details, but to to accurately recant the weekend you just have to be there yeah i mean i think we did a pretty good job i think we covered most everything i mean it was it was a lot of fun there was good weather good people it was just an all-around good time andy and trevor this is your first year coming to it and i begged you both to come what what do you have to say for everybody else that didn't go i came (laughs) (laughs) nice you came you saw you conquered I, yeah, we could go with that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I want to try to go again next year. Um, I really wasn't planning on going this year until we were recording the Patreon last week. And Kyle was like, you should come. And I was like, well, I'm going to be 45 minutes away anyway. So I'm going to try to make it happen. And I'm glad I did. Um, it was cool to hang out with you guys. and do some RC stuff together and uh, I want to actually try to make a plan to go next year and try to go both days. That would be fun. 
Absolutely. And, uh, as we're talking about this and whatnot, I was looking on eBay for Axial Wraiths. So I think <laughs> that's the way I'm going to go for next year's. Um, I've wanted one of those things for forever. And I think this is a good enough reason to build one. But, um, but yeah, next year I have more stuff I want to bring. I'll probably just end up either folding the back seat down in my car so I can bring more things or just driving my truck. Bring the uh, bring the dually to bring all your RC stuff. Yeah, exactly. I want a dually enclosed trailer. <laughs> so he's not gonna. He's gonna be. He will not be the most prepared person there because there were some setups there. There were people who straight up brought their hobby shop. Yes, literally. And there were but hobby I'm, shops there. Yes, I'm glad there were because that's how I got my winning batteries for my winning boat. Yeah, on on the back of what Trevor said, I was I was pleasantly surprised with a rain day from work on Friday, and uh, I was able to get my Subaru engine swapped and running and everything. And I'm like, huh, what do I don't have anything to do on Saturday? So I, uh, on the way home from my rain day, I was listening to the Patreon, and you guys were talking about. It. I'm like, huh, I could if I get the Subaru done today, maybe I'll go down there, and that's what I did. Which I was really glad I did because I have, like I said, I haven't used the RC since uh, the open house at Core or Complete Off Road, and uh, yeah, was able to. I ran down to Peoria to, to pick up some parts that I had broken. Why didn't you um, just drive all the way there? back home? Well, yeah, I, I, I drove there. Two, sorry. yeah, I did a two and a half hours round trip for uh, twenty dollars or f- no, sorry, seventy dollars in RC parts. Uh, but they were aftermarket, market, so. Uh, it was the link brackets and then a uh, brass diff cover. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, and I was able to come down another another two hour drive on Saturday morning to come down and hang out with all you guys. And yeah, I had a great time and I'm definitely going to come back next year. And uh, definitely the more I use my RC on Saturday, the more I'm like, oh, this is going to be an expensive hobby or a time consuming oh, yeah. hobby. Because I'm like, oh, some- there's a million little things I want to do now. Exactly. You got some upgrading to do. Absolutely. I definitely enjoy it as a winter hobby. That's something I've kind of discovered about myself. You know, during the summer, I'm doing full size stuff. And then, of course, you know, I go to RC Fest. But otherwise, I pretty much just don't touch the stuff in the summer. And in the winter months, I just drive the hell out of them. I mean, it's every Sunday for me. Damn. Oh, should I live closer? I'd love to go RC on Sundays. You got to plan a trip one day to just come up and run the canyon. It's totally, totally worth it. Only an hour from me, so. Going to the Crawler Canyon is is worth it to check it out. That place is so cool. Uh, back when I lived up in Chicago, I used to go there um, every Friday when I got off work. I'd go out there and and compete, and it was a ton of fun. The guys who run it are super cool. A lot of the people that are there are really cool, and it's a more detail oriented um, crawling experience i guess rather than it just being time-based it's you with a judge next to you and everything that you do is is for points um so there's gates and obstacles and specific paths you got to take and sometimes they'll do the lights out uh nights where it's just the lights that are on your rig is all that's lighting up the course huh and uh it's cool that place is a lot of fun i'm looking at 
some pictures of it on Facebook. So is it ever just like free crawl or is it always a competition if you're there? I was going to say you could probably schedule to come on a test in tune weekend where it's basically just open course for the whole day. Okay. But some of the like test in tune nights are just kind of like them posting on Facebook. Like I'm going to be there for a while tonight, come by. So they're a little more sporadic, but, uh, but they do, post pre-planned tested tune stuff also and during the summer they also have an outdoor course too so i haven't seen it unfortunately i was only there for winter the first year that they were really open but uh the indoor course was really cool and having seen some pictures of the outdoor course it looks awesome i just haven't been able to get up there for it it dwarfs the indoor course yeah, that's what I saw. It looks like it's four or five times the size of the indoor course. We we one summer went there. They were doing a three man team uh competition where the three of you had to go together and there were three separate courses. We started at nine AM and wheeled until five or six in the afternoon with nothing but a brief stop for lunch. Our ESCs overheated, our motors overheated, our batteries swelled up. We were we ended up getting into an argument at the end of the day because we were just so beaten down and we never finished everything. Wow. That's nuts. But that was the outdoor hard. course? Yeah, they've got like different areas. Like you go down into a uh like this little valley slash creek bed thing, and there's hill climbs, there's obstacles. Um, you you name it, it's out there. There's so much shit to do in that outdoor course. I I cannot even begin to explain it. Hmm. That sounds cool. I think that the first year they were talking about doing that was when we were talking about it, but it's when I was starting to move, so I wasn't able to go do it with you. I need to like this page on Facebook. Like, I'll, did it. I'll invite you to their, their group so you can see some of that stuff too, Like, Yeah, that sounds awesome. I would love to come up if you guys wanted to do that so we can check it out. Yeah, that's definitely the closest to you. If not, like I said, there's a Peoria place, but I don't think they have an outdoor, just the indoor. But they have an indoor crawler course, a indoor uh, like stadium truck course, and then a drift course as well. Oh, damn, a drift course, too. That could mm-hmm. be fun. It's a huge building, and that's not even the biggest part of it. Like, there's multiple businesses in the building. But yeah, their one area is ginormous. And they're like, yeah, that's showroom. And then parts counters and then stadium truck crawler course in the corner and then drift course as well. It's Let's giant. do a TOP RC invasion. No kidding, right? Yeah, for sure. I know there's other people that listen to the podcast that are also into RC crawling. Oh, yeah, definitely. There have to be. Yeah. It's a big hobby of mine. If I don't. If I don't go full scale wheeling. It's going to be RC in some fashion at least once a month. So you flex on everybody with your full-size wheeling. You don't have to do it with the RCing, too. Well, yeah, really. you know, it's back to the constant thing, and it must be nice. Well, I just moved to the place where all the things I like are, so deal with it. <laughs> Stop teasing me. <laughs> well, fellas, well, I think fellas, it's about time to... <laughs> Time to live it up and go to Patreon. Yeah, we should probably do yeah. that. Hey, you guys are sharing that brain cell me and Mike did this past weekend. Yeah, apparently. Okay, I'm gonna... thinking about boobies. Pretty much. So okay, time I'm... to talk about our drunken nights in Tuscola on Patreon. Only, 
only after our sponsor partners. <laughs> yeah, Mike, oh, you, you got go. this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna name them all now. Are you ready? I am very ready. In alphabetical order, complete off road for everything off road. Crawler off road for recovery gear. More flight for inflation and deflation devices. Off road anonymous for your fabrication and fun parts. Rad designs if you need to get shifty and summer shine supply when it's time to get shiny. Nice. Like a gentleman. Well said. I know I kind of fire sale the sponsors. I don't have the I don't have the energy to steve it up and like talk about each one for five minutes. I just I'm like, this is what they are. You should check them out. All of them do what they do the best. If you don't know them now, you haven't listened to the other 179 episodes. So that's a good point. Also, if you don't know, now you know. (laughs) (laughs) Now you do. It's true. If you want to hear about the worst thing that Trevor ever said to me, then listen to the Patreon. (laughs) And any Patreon members will explain the new names. (laughs) God help us all. See you all there. Bye. Bye. Wait, hang on. Hang on for what? Andy, you got any last words? Hey. (laughs) I do, but they might need to be set on Patreon. Okay, Trevor, do you have any last words? <laughs> if you wear a hat and it's windy, make sure it's well secured. Those are some solid words right there. Love it. All right, guys, we'll catch you on the trail. It was good. I liked it. I think that I think that it was sufficient at best. <laughs> it was sufficient. <laughs> I'm just a dick. I'm just a it dick. was indeed one of the podcasts in that the world. Was, that was a podcast. Content <laughs> shall be released. Correct. <laughs> what, what was it said, Kyle? The I excel at mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs>